Pizza, pizza, pizza time. The official pizza of the Shock Fantasy Podcast is 7th Avenue Pizza. This is soda-style thin crust at its absolute best. It's not that crappy thin crust. It's solid crust integrity here. Not too thick, not too thin. The sauce was derived from an ancient recipe passed down from the Norse gods. And the cheese, oh, 100% primo cheese on these pies. You can pick your toppings as well. There's your conventional pepperoni or sausage, but there's also five cheese, Mexican, meatball, and pepperoni. Even a bacon cheeseburger za for you. My favorite, though, is the Lucky 7. Italian sausage, pepperoni, beef, Canadian bacon, and three types of cheese. Dang it, my mouth is watering just talking about it. I might need to go fire up the oven and make myself one before the podcast. Find your 7th Avenue pizzas at High V Cub Foods, Lunds and Byerly's, and Holiday Station stores. And go follow them on Twitter at 7th Avenue Pizza. Let them know Shock Fantasy steered you toward their amazing za. Ahoy, Shock Fantasy fans. This is Matt Harrison. And before the show begins, I have three jobs for you. First, please take a look at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the Shock Fantasy podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Second, wherever you're listening, give me a rating and a review for the show. If you include your Twitter handle in the review, we might send you something fun in the mail. We do that periodically. And third, if you haven't yet subscribed to the season pass of Shock Fantasy, you should. You get 365 days of the Shock Fantasy Super Dash, which gives you stats and info to set all of your weekly lineups, including DFS lineups. The redraft and dynasty trade value charts, so you never get taken to the cleaners in a trade. Our waiver wire content each week. The Super Bowl, Thanksgiving, and NFL Draft prop bet games so you can make friendly wagers with your family and friends at the most important football gatherings and preseason cheat sheets for basically every kind of fantasy football imaginable. You'd be getting those for next year. Now all of that curated color coded data comes to you for only $40 for a full year. That's 76.9 cents per week. But if you act now and use the promo code AirBear. You get the whole year for only 25 bucks. That's promo code AIRBEAR, A-I-R-B-E-A-R, for those of you who are brave spellers. Enter that at checkout and we'll knock off $15. Thanks for listening. On to the show. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? <laughs> Welcome to the fantasy. <laughs> nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. This is Matt Harrison at Explosive Output on Twitter and at Shock Fantasy on Twitter. It is Tuesday night. It's the last day of November. It's dark outside at like 3.45 p.m. in Minnesota. Not really, but it seems like it is, and it's starting to set in. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling this seasonal crap. It's making me, uh, making me a little bummed here. And if you're bummed too because you lost an important running back this week, well, you're not alone. 
So we're going to help get you through that on today's Shock Fantasy Waiver Wire podcast. Uh, And on our Waiver Wire podcast, sometimes we talk about the guys you should pick up, and sometimes we talk about the guys you should just avoid that everybody else may be picking up. Kind of like a sabotage pickup avoidance maneuver, something along those lines. I'll have to workshop that a little bit. Anyway, we always start with the Todd Heap Memorial Injury Report, and it was a bad one this week, folks. Uh, Christian McCaffrey out for the season with an ankle injury. Uh, We'll talk more about the Panthers running back situation a little later. Dalvin Cook dislocated his shoulder and has an injured labrum, although Mike Zimmer said it wasn't a torn labrum, and he's calling him day-to-day. It seems like there's very little chance he goes this week against the Lions. He actually didn't play against the Lions earlier in the season. So, uh, yeah, Dalvin Cook will talk more, more about that situation in a little bit. DeAndre Swift on the other side of the the ball in the Vikings-Lions game. He has a shoulder injury as well, a grade one AC joint sprain. He actually does have a shot to return this week, but uh, keep an eye on that one as that one could get uh, pretty funky as the week goes on. Ezekiel Elliott is still dealing with a knee injury. According to some sources, he might sit for Thursday's game against New Orleans. Uh, We'll preview the Dallas-New Orleans game tomorrow on the Shock Fantasy Podcast when we do our Thursday preview. Miles Sanders tweaked his ankle against the Giants. It was an ankle injury that he was already working through. Uh, The Eagles have a week 14 bye coming up, so they could really elect to sit Miles Sanders this week against the Jets. And ooh, that's a tasty matchup, and we'll talk more about that one later. Uh, Debo Samuel at the wide receiver position. He left the game against the Vikings with a groin injury. It's doubtful he goes this week, and he'll probably need two weeks at a minimum to come back. So we probably won't see him until at least week 15, which is the beginning of most fantasy playoffs. Randall Cobb also strained his groin, but a lot fewer people care about him over Debo Samuel. Darren Waller is week to week with a strained IT band in his knee. Foster Moreau's kind of interesting guy. I didn't highlight him in this podcast uh, in my written stuff, but Foster Moreau is an interesting guy if you need a, a Band-Aid fill-in for a week. Dan Arnold, all by the way, has an MCL sprain. He's been placed on IR. Bad week for uh, Brian Johnson's tight end buddies, Darren Waller and Dan Arnold. The bye weeks this week are the Panthers, the Browns, the Packers, and the Titans. So let's go over to, oh gosh, let's go over. Hey, there it is. Quarterback. The quarterback position. Uh, we're going to start with Taysom Hill, who's 4% rostered in a strange move. We actually found out who was taking first team reps at quarterback for the Saints. And it looks like Taysom Hill is taking over for Trevor Simeon this week on Thursday. Hill started four games last season and finished with over 20 fantasy points in a standard scoring league in each of those games. Although a lot of it came on the ground. He had four rushing touchdowns in his first two starts, actually. Hill has a chance to be a poor man's Jalen Hurts the rest of the way. This week, they have the Thursday night matchup against Dallas. Then they get the Jets, then Tampa, then Miami, and then Carolina in your fantasy championship And none of those games is super scary from a defensive perspective. If you're hurting at the position, he's kind of a must-add, and he has top 10 quarterback potential the rest of the year. In a super flex league, he's probably worth 25% of your budget. 
In a single quarterback league, it's more like 10%. The only other quarterback I'm going to mention, because we got to spend a lot of time on the running back position today, that's Daniel Jones at 28% rostered. If you're down Aaron Rodgers or Ryan Tannehill this week because they're on a bye, Jones gets the Dolphins this week. And sure, Miami shut down Cam Newton and P.J. Walker last week, but they did give up 291 and two touchdowns to Joe Flacco the week before and have allowed the most passing attempts and yards this season by a fair margin. So drop a dime, literally, if you can spend one-tenth of a fab dollar on Danny Dimes, that's what you need to do because it won't cost you anything. Running back. Okay. So it's probably one of the most disastrous running back weeks in recent memory. So a lot of people are going to be scrambling at the wire and a lot of fab is going to be spent this week, especially among teams that are, you know, on a playoff trajectory. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with the Vikings running backs, Alexander Madison and Kene Nwongu. He's now Madison is the direct handcuff to Dalvin Cook. He gets the Lions this week. This is a familiar story as Dalvin missed the week five meeting with the Lions as well. Madison ended up with 32 touches. 153 total yards and a score in that game. So he's the obvious play. You're probably going to need to spend 27% or more to grab him for your roster. Now, it's probably even more than that. It's probably like a third if you're the Dalvin manager. But the big brain move might be Kane Nuangu, who is a rookie who missed the first half of the season with an injury. When he returned, the team promptly cut Amir Abdullah, and they've utilized Nuangu as the kick returner, where he's already got two kick return touchdowns. He's He's got all the metrics. He's, he's fast as I'll get out. He's only had two carries on the year, but they were a nine-yard run and a seven-yard run. That's eight yards per carry, ladies and gentlemen. That's efficiency right there. There's a world in which he gets somewhere between five and 10 touches against the Lions this week. And if that's the case, he's very rosterable. He's probably startable and he's considerably cheaper than Madison. You can throw about 3% on Nuangu if you have an open roster spot. And if you're speculating in a dynasty league and have some fab to throw around, maybe raise that bit up and stash him for next year. Uh, I'm, probably planning on doing that in one of my dynasty leagues. Let's move on to the Panthers now. Chuba Hubbard and Amir Abdullah. Now, this is a big one. Both guys are on bye this week, so they won't be seen as nearly as much of a priority. Now, the easy play is to spend a lot of fab on Hubbard, who covered for CMC earlier in the season and had some decent fantasy days and was... Pretty much a bell cow in his absence. However, the Panthers picked up Abdullah, and he didn't see the field until week eight. Now, CMC came back in week nine, so we didn't really see how this all hacked out when both Hubbard and Abdullah knew the playbook, but CMC wasn't there. What I do know is that Amir Abdullah has had more touches than Hubbard in each of the last three games they've played. Ooh... That's with CMC in the lineup, though, so things could change. Now, let's assume Hubbard takes more carries and they continue with Abdullah as the change of pace back. I'll even consider that this is closer to a timeshare than what the Panthers normally do, but I'd probably still favor Hubbard 
in a 60-40-ish kind of split. After this week's bye, they get Atlanta. That's a great matchup. So we got bye week this week, then Atlanta. After that, Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans. And I don't think that you could ask for a worse playoff run. And frankly, Christian McCaffrey being out is probably something that's going to save a few fantasy players in the playoffs. So here's my recommendation. Don't bid on either Panthers' backs. And if you bid on one, throw two bucks on Amir Abdullah for his receiving upside. You're likely to win with a $2 bid on Abdullah. But I really don't like either. The schedule is absolutely brutal. You can't play Panthers' backs in four of the next five weeks. Jamal Williams is 43% rostered, and he completely took over the workload last week after Swift went down, ended up with 20 touches against the Bears on Thanksgiving. Godwin Igwebuike was the other active runner for the Lions. He had one carry and one target. So Swift might return this week, but if he doesn't, it's a great matchup against the Vikings, who may be missing all four of their starting defensive line again. The Vikings were already giving up 4.5 yards per carry and have allowed a positive amount through the air to opposing backs as well. Even if Swift is limited, Williams is probably a good play. And if Detroit is wise, get this. They're 0 for whatever, plus their tie. Does Dan Campbell and the coaching staff in Detroit want to just take some mileage off of DeAndre Swift the rest of the way as this dismal, terrible season comes to a close? If they do decide to do that, if if DeAndre Swift's a little banged up and they're just like, you know what, it's not worth putting the mileage on you. Jamal Williams suddenly becomes a starter back. He suddenly becomes probably a bell cow. And he's got week 16 and 17 matchups with the Falcons and the Seahawks. And those are both two exceedingly positive matchups. Williams is a nice stash just in case this scenario plays out. And I think there's a decent chance this scenario plays out and Swift is suddenly done for the year. So I'll throw 5% on Jamal Williams this week. Boston Scott, he's 18% rostered and the cheat code every week is to play the best running back going up against the Jets. This week, that will be Boston Scott. Miles Sanders might not go. Jordan Howard is iffy at best. Last week, Scott had 17 touches and turned in a decent performance with 72 total yards and a score. If you lost CMC, Cook, Swift, or need the bye week fill-in for Chubb or uh, the Green Bay Packers, Becks, Jones, or Dillon, Scott is a great add. You can throw 4% down on him and start him this week. Briefly, there's two more running backs I want to mention. Sony Michelle, keep an eye on the status of Darrell Henderson throughout the week. There's some speculation that he might not be able to play Sunday against the Jaguars. Now, the Jags don't give up a ton of yards to backs, but they do give up the third most rushing touchdowns in the league to opposing runners. So a speculative bid of 4% on Michelle could be a fruitful add early in the week. And then Matt Breida, he's 14% rostered. Um, He's averaging basically as many yards as Zach Moss on four fewer touches per game. So it was probably that. Plus, I mean, Moss just being bad is why Moss was inactive on Thanksgiving against the Saints. Brita's probably worth a 2% bid, but I hate that committee with Moss, Brita, and Singletary. 
and the schedule isn't amazing down the stretch, so I don't feel that comfortable with having any Bills backs on my roster. In fact, in a redraft league, I just dropped Zach Moss. I think it's all done there. Uh, now it's time for a segment I like to call... Throw me a freaking bone here. Oh, these are things that uh, I'd like you to uh, to help me out with. And uh, first thing, we have a Shock Fantasy Super Secret Contest on Fanball this week. I tweeted out the link earlier today. If you go to at Explosive Output or at Shock Fantasy, you'll find the link. It's an $8 contest this week. We're already down to only 12 remaining seats in this contest, and we got to fill it up for it to go because it's going to be a it's going to be a wild one. Uh, play against me in in a super secret private contest on Fanball. Another Shock Fantasy Fanball contest for this week and this week alone is our Shock Fantasy subscriber only T-shirt contest. So if you're a season pass member at ShockFantasy.com, go to one of the articles for this week, either the waiver wire article or the Super Dash article for this week and click the link that I will put in there to play in our free contest on Fanball. The winner of that contest gets a Shock Fantasy t-shirt. All you got to do is play. Just just give it a shot. You get a free t-shirt. I'll send it to you. Pretty cool, huh? Also on Fanball, the Scott Fishbowl Charity Contest, that's a $5 entry, and 100% of your entry fee, that's all five bucks, is going to a charity each week. The winner of the contest gets a Scott Fish Bowl entry. That's awesome. It's a really hard contest to get into, and you can play against celebrities, everybody from the fantasy industry, and a bunch of cool people. This week's charity in the Scott Fish Bowl charity contest is Toys for Tots. Timely there as uh, we're approaching the Christmas season, and uh, your $5 is going to go straight to Toys for Tots. No rake on that contest. It, we're, we're making the big donation, and it's going right to the charity. There's a bunch of other stuff on Fanball, free rolls, auctions, drafts. Go check it out at fanball.com. I work there. There you go. That's my shameless plug in in this segment that I like to call. Throw me a freaking bone here. All right. Time to move on. Wide receiver. Van Jefferson is 46% rostered, and I've been beating this drum for a while, but Jefferson is a better fantasy player than Odell Beckham. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Here's his snap count percentages over the last five games going backwards from last week. Last week, he was on the field for 98% of the snaps. The week before that, 95%. The week before that, 96%. Then 84%, and then 94%. Now, yes, Odell had the same percentage last week, too, at 98%. They were Both of them were only off of the field for one snap last week. Odell had one more target than Van. It went 10 to 9. But, oh, wait. Nine There nine. we go. What am nine I doing? I'm, I'm slipping in my old age. Uh, but Van did beat Odell in yardage yet again. And you're not paying the premium Odell Beckham price. So I just, I just like Van Jefferson a lot. He's in a good offense. I, I like what I see out of him. Remember, he's a second-round draft pick just last year. I'd throw 8% on Van Jefferson if you need a wide receiver uh, for your bench and, uh, and and possible plays. This week against the Jags could be a good good enough matchup to throw him in. I think I'm starting him in one league. So, hey, Van Jefferson, under 50% rostered. Cedric Wilson is only 20% rostered, and I wanted to include M- Michael Gallup on this list as well. But his roster percentage is now up to 78%. 
And with Amari Cooper look, looking like he may be returning this week and C.D. Lamb gutting it out last week, Wilson might be reduced to the fourth wide receiver role, but that wide receiver core can't stay healthy. And the only game where Wilson hasn't seen a huge snap share was week 10, and that's when all three were healthy for basically a full game. And that's never happened any other time this year. So Wilson is rosterable, and he's going to be startable in games when one of the above is in a hooded sweatshirt and jogging pants on the sideline because Gallup, Cooper, or Lamb is going to be doing that at some point the rest of the year. I'd throw 4% on Cedric Wilson. Kendrick Bourne is 19% rostered right now. He's always been a good red zone threat in his time with the Niners. He seemed to randomly have one catch for 12 yards and a score in uh, more games than not. Uh, He's kind of the anti-Jacoby Myers, actually. He was able to find Pater two weeks ago against Cleveland and is teetering ever so close to the same target load as Myers right now just over the last few weeks. They're closer than they seem, and actually Bourne has scored more fantasy points this year just because of the touchdowns. After the Patriots' Week 14 bye, they have Indy and Jacksonville in the fantasy playoffs. Both are favorable matchups for wide receivers, and you can get Kendrick Bourne on the cheap right now. 2% is all it will take. Time to move on. Tight end. Uh, that's, this is probably the best pickup of the week, and, I, and I'm being honest here. Logan Thomas at 57% came off IR in an under-the-radar move against Seattle on Monday night. And frankly, I'm glad he didn't go off in this game. He ended up with six targets, three catches, and 31 yards. Now, remember, Logan Thomas scored twice in the first three weeks, and we haven't seen him since. Plus, with teams covering Terry McLaurin with double coverage a lot. Someone is going to be open, especially in the red zone and especially in the middle of the field. Now, the schedule is what's really interesting for Logan Thomas. He gets the Raiders this week. That's an excellent matchup against tight ends. Follow that up with, now get this, the Cowboys, then the Eagles, then the Cowboys, then the Eagles. The Eagles are the worst team in the NFL against tight ends and you get them twice in your fantasy playoffs. The Cowboys aren't much better against fantasy tight ends. They rank 20th. I'd seriously throw down 15% if you've been cycling tight ends all year. Logan Thomas could power your fantasy team to a victory in the playoffs. The last guy I'll mention is Gerald Everett, who is 16% rostered over the last three weeks. Mark Andrews is the only tight end who has more targets and receptions than Gerald Everett. He even scored against football team on Monday night. With the Seahawks in total flux, Everett could just end up as Russ's reliable safety valve for the remainder of the year. He's worth a 2% bid if you need a backup tight end. And, you know, as a bonus, I mentioned him earlier in the show, Foster Moreau, uh, basically unowned in in most leagues, 1% owned. Um, Foster Moreau's had a couple of good games, and those games have come when Darren Waller isn't in play. Uh, Foster Moreau had a six-target, six-catch, 60-yard, one-score game in Week 7 when Darren Waller sat out and uh, had five targets last week, although only caught one of them uh, after Waller got hurt in that game on Thanksgiving. So Foster Moreau, kind of a sneaky, sneaky ad as well. Only probably cost you 
two to three percent on Moreau. Maybe if the Waller guy is out there, he might uh, he might ratchet up that price a little bit. But uh, I think it's a nice little play. All right, that's it. That's the week. Uh, waiver wire accomplished. Uh, again, Matt Harrison at Shock Fantasy on Twitter and at Explosive Output on Twitter. And a reminder to all of you who listen to this podcast: rate it, review it, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about it. I'll say it one more time. Tell your friends about it. You know, tweet about how much you love this show. Because I want more listeners. More listeners is good. It makes everybody happy. Come on. You know you want to do it. Inconceivable! All right. Time to go home. Well, we're waiting. Just kidding. I'm already home. That's where I recorded from. Talk to you guys tomorrow on the Shock Fantasy Podcast. <laughs>